get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, bonga fish, angari. Glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the opportunity, the privilege to be here. Your word says, unto the Lord shall the gathering of his people be. Thank you because we are gathered unto you. We trust you to touch everyone in this place. Every heart is open. In the name of Jesus, everyone is receptive. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, let your word come out freely. Thank you for utterance. And Lord, also I submit myself to you as the vessel. Trusting you. That you will do all that you have planned your heart to do through me. In the name of Jesus, blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Why is it that in the church today, they hold or we hold healing programs? Why is it? Is it that we want to show, want to showcase to people that we are anointed or is an opportunity to make people come? <laughs> Why is it? Or uh, we, we just make people come to deceive them? Or to force our doctrine down their throats? Or something or something or something. Why? As far as I know, I know God instructs men. To do something. Men of God. For instance, I don't like to move until God says move. If God, if God doesn't say hold a particular service, I do not hold it. So I love to listen to his instruction first. Okay? And the Lord said that the first uh, meeting that we will have this semester, in other words, that we have to invite others, is a healing service. And that was what I did. Just decide to obey God. When you obey God, things works out smoothly. Glory to God. Alright, so, that's by the way, but hear this. Why would God speak to me and say, hold a healing service? Why would he say it? Why not prophetic service? We usually have prophetic services. Why not a prophetic service? Why not a miracle service? Why not a anointing breaks the yoke service? Why not a pursue your pursuer service? <laughs> Some of you are conversant with those titles because you've been every place. You've been to places. So you've heard of a lot of things. <laughs> Glory to God. 
They must die. <laughs> By the way. Why is it that it's none of those but a healing service? It will begin to tell you the character of God. God is loving and he loves to heal. He loves to heal. He loves to heal his people means that he's not the one that put the sickness on them in the first place. Because that would be confusion. That would be contradictory. How can God love to heal you after putting the sickness on you? It doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes we comfort ourselves. And we say, because we have used our faith and we have prayed and prayed and prayed for this thing to leave my body. Oh, leave my body. And it doesn't leave. So we finally come to conclusion. We say, maybe God make me have this thing so that um, I can be humble. Uh, or God is trying to teach me something. He's trying to teach me a lesson. Oh, God is trying to help me fulfill my purpose. So if we first put this thing on me, I, I, you know, there was a time that we used to believe. I don't know, maybe people still believe that today, but back then we used to believe that, uh, man of God who has a healing anointing must therefore must have been sick somehow before and must have been healed first by the power of God. Then God will not give him the healing anointing so that I don't know where they got that from. But that's a wrong belief. Because Jesus, in the Bible, Jesus was a man that healed more than anybody else. And the Bible never recorded that Jesus was one time sick. They took him to a man of God and then he was healed. After he was now healed, God now gave him the anointing. You see that? Peter, the same thing. It wasn't recorded. So you see, human beings like to give excuse for their failures. Whatever it is, they've tried out and it didn't work. Instead of them to find out how to make it work, they give an excuse. Because they don't want to think that God doesn't love them. And they are right, because God loves everybody. But they think, if God therefore loves me, why do I have this? It must be, it must be that he's trying to, it must be that this is trying to, you know, they just give an excuse. No, brother. The Bible says God is a healing God. If you turn to Psalm 103, let's look at it. Well, I'm talking to you about how to receive and retain your healing. Psalm 103. If you're there, say hallelujah. Ah, you sure you're there? Psalm 103, verse 3. Psalm 103, verse 3. Now everybody read it. One to go. Please, can you read it well? One to go. The first thing you notice there. Now, this describes the character of God amongst many things. Several other things. Okay? There are several things that describes the character of God. But just this line is a few. It says, God forgives. So, that means God is a forgiver. Right? Then the next thing says, He healeth. That means God is a healer. 
But also we know that God is several other things. God is a blesser, is a lifter, and so on and so forth. But God forgives and God heals. That's the character of God. So God always loves to heal. Now, as I'm saying now, for some of you, you've heard it before. See, I know. That's not new to me. Alright. You've heard that before. Yes, I have. Okay, so why, why are you not healed? Um, um, for some that are good, at least they've studied the word or they've heard enough of the word. They say, it's because my faith is not strong yet. My faith will soon be stronger. I'll be healed. Have you ever wondered why there's someone who probably for the first time is in church? In his life, they tried to convince him to come to church. He said, I'm not coming. And then finally one day, they said, uh, will you come? It's a healing meeting. And that guy has got this problem in his body. So he says, uh, will he really work? They say, come, come, come. He says, all right, let's go. And then he comes to the service that day. And the preacher is preaching. And he listens. And then he believes. And then before you know, he's sitting right beside you and he's healed. And you too, you need healing. You've been stretching your faith so long. But now, this guy got healed. And the guy says, I'm healed. I'm healed. Shares the testimony. And he says, yeah, yeah. Check yourself properly. Are you sure you're there? The guy said, I'm healed. And in reality, he's healed. What happened? Because, well, you're right. You said faith. It's true. But a lot of times, those that listen a lot to the message of faith, they have problem with the same faith. They've complicated it. And yet faith is very simple. Very simple. Human beings are the ones that complicate the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is very simple. But human beings love to complicate things for themselves and for others. Hallelujah. Let me show you some things. Are you ready? I said the title is how to receive and retain your healing. So open your, just ensure you raise your antenna. Because as I'm talking to you now, there are two groups of people here. It's either you fall in either of these two groups. I mean, two groups of people that need healing. It's either you are in group A. In group A. These ones have never received healing before. So, they probably, or this is probably the first time of being in church and they are ready to be healed. Or, this is the first time they are going to receive a healing from God. That's the first group. Then group B is those who have received healing before. About something. But then, after a while, that thing seemed to come back. So, they begin to doubt was I healed? I was sure I was healed. I was sure. Because at the time I was healed, all those symptoms left. I was healed. I was, I'm sure. But then they start thinking, so what happened? So what happened? If I was healed, so what happened? Why is this thing bad? Maybe I wasn't really healed after all. Maybe it was just, maybe my body just adjusted. Maybe, you know, and so on and so forth. So, you are either in one of two groups of these two groups you've been healed or you've been healed, you lost it or you've never been healed two groups, you've never been healed or you've been healed, you lost it either you've been praying for God to heal you but he has not healed you yet, according to you or he healed you once but you lost it 
Hallelujah. I want to help you understand it today if you listen. Now, why is it important that I teach you first before we minister healing? Because you cannot actually receive any healing except you are taught how first. That's the reason why any healing service, they will spend time to teach you the word first. Because you cannot receive healing except the word of God comes first. What will the word of God do for you? It will give you to bring you faith. Faith for the moment. Faith to receive now. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, you need faith. And for some others, they may take weeks before they lay hands on anybody to be healed. They take weeks just teaching the people they are going to lay hands on so that their faith will be alive. You know why? Because the problem is not the man of God. The man of God has the anointing. He's not the problem. The problem is not God. In other words, the problem is not God who is the giver. He's a giver. The Bible says he's benevolent. He's gracious. So he's not the problem. The one he's using is probably not the problem. You see? The one that usually has the problem is the receiver. I told you that on Sunday. He's usually the receiver. So God will want to prepare the receiver so that when he gives, you'll be able to take it. So no matter how heavily anointed, if I minister to you, the anointing may flow. But if you don't receive it, it will do nothing. And how do you receive it? By faith. What's faith? Very complex? No. Faith is something very simple and usually very stupid. It sounds usually stupid. Because the things that faith we ask you to do actually sound stupid. Logically, doesn't make sense. But the Bible says the foolishness of the gospel is what God has chosen to use to save men. So God is wise. There are two ways you can receive your healing. There are two ways. The first one is through faith in the anointing. The first one is through faith in the anointing. The second one is through faith in the word of God. Through faith in the word of God. I will touch the second one briefly and I will major on the first one. Okay, what do you mean through faith in the word of God? For instance, if we turn to Psalm 107, Verse 20. I think we should rush now. Psalm 107, 107, verse 20. If you're there, can you read it? Everybody read it. One, two, go. Did you see that? Thank you. He sent his word and healed them. Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. Verse 20. Alright, if you're there, read it now. One, two, go. Everybody's not there? You're there, read it. Come on. 
All right, says, my son, attend to my words, incline thyself unto my, unto my saying. Yes, next verse. Okay. Okay. All right. So, what's that? His word, right? Okay. Now, on Sunday, I will talk about that. It's something big. I don't want to talk about that now. On Sunday, I will talk about how you can be healed through the word of God. Now, the first one I talked about is through having faith in the anointing. Now, let me tell you something. The anointing, it's God's power. The anointing is real. (laughs) I remember as a student, I used to be the one who led those in my hall in money devotional. So in prayers, you don't understand. So I would gather them and lead them. So every morning I wake them up. Come, let's pray. The morning. And uh, they, they called me pastor, of course. So one day I was discussing with one of the homemates, a girl. So while I was talking, I felt, uh, because I had desired to feel the anointing a long time. So I felt some tingling. Okay. So I said, wow. Ah, I just felt the anointing now. She said, are you sure it's the anointing you are feeling? Because she couldn't fathom me that you, the anointing, is it the anointing you are calling like that? Actually, when she asked me the question, I didn't have the answer because I wasn't sure. Because I didn't know what it felt like. But at least I desired it so much. So any feeling to me was the anointing. <laughs> uh, and for some others, so for some others, they feel, how could you? I thought you ought to have become a bishop before you start feeling the anointing or have bishop, you know. So your cap ought to have been like this before you not start you anointing or you can't feel the anointing. <laughs> but God does give his anointing to people. And the anointing is real. The anointing is the power of God in the spiritual. The anointing of God's spirit is tangible. In other words, it can be felt. Is a heavenly materiality. Is perceptible to touch. Is tangible, that is. The anointing of God is tangible. You, you can touch it. You can feel it. When you have it, you know you have it. I mean, you cannot doubt it. You can try to say, eh, I think it's the anointing. Uh-uh. Because when you have it, it... Well, first of all, let me say this. God gives... The anointing to whoever he wants to is man. Okay? Usually for a purpose. All these anointings don't feel alike. There is something that is called the teaching anointing. There is one that is called the preaching anointing. There is another kind of anointing is the prophetic anointing. There is another kind of anointing is the healing anointing. All of them are not the same. And they don't all feel the same. When the prophetic anointing is present, you know it. If you are given. Okay? That's to let you know that when you have it, you know you have it. 
And then you know which kind is this one. You see that? When the healing anointing is present, you will know it. This is a healing. You will know it. That's for you to know that it's actually real. When someone says, I feel the anointing and it, it, it does. Now, feel is limited. We shouldn't have said feel. But that's the best way we can describe it. Okay? But when we say we feel the anointing, it's real. It's usually real. We feel it. And then we can transfer it from us to someone else. God made it so. It's transferable. Glory to God. Alright. Now, God makes the anointing for healing available to help people who are sick. What would that healing anointing do? It will, when you transfer it to someone who needs healing, that healing anointing, which is the power of God, will go into that person. It will locate that sickness or that pain or that disease and cure it. It will cure that person of that thing. That's what it does. The only thing, listen, I told you on Sunday that the, the anointing is God's power in the spirit realm. Electricity is God's power in the physical realm. Electricity is God to have a conductor. For it to flow, what is going to flow through must be a good conductor of it. In other words, it doesn't flow in anything. And uh, anything or everything. Okay? Now, if electricity, if it's flowing through a wire that is a good conductor, while it's flowing, you can decide to cut it and stop it from flowing to the other hand. There are things you do. You interrupt it. The same thing. The anointing of God's spirits. When it's flowing from one person, when it's coming to you, you can decide not to receive it. You can cut it. You can shut it up. It's flowing, but it's not getting in. And there are few things that could make that happen. Number one will be unbelief. Is that unbelief? If you don't believe it, you don't have it. If you don't believe it. In fact, first of all, the vessel that God is using, you must believe in that one. You must believe that that one is really anointed. If you don't believe it, it will not work. You know, Kenneth again told a story, an interesting story. An encounter that I had, and it's something that when you meditate on, my goodness, we bless you. Jesus appeared to him one time and said to him, I have given you an anointing. I've called you and anointed you and given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. Then Jesus said to him, make sure that you tell the people this vision. If you tell them and they believe you, it will work. The anointing doesn't work when you don't believe it. What will I do to believe it? Uh, I will try hard. No. Simple faith. Simple faith. Just believe the man is anointed. And I believe that when he ministers to me, I will be healed. Simple. You see? It has to do with you just adjusting your mind. He's anointed. And then when he, all I just need is, it depends on what you want. Whether you want him to touch you, or you want to receive where you are. Just simple faith. Because you can stop it if you don't believe. 
Lord, stop it on him. Stop him. Stop it from working for you. The anointing is real. Hey, when I minister to people here and they fall under the power, you think they just decide to fall by themselves? You must be joking. No, it's the anointing. That's the power of God. Listen, if you don't have the anointing, if there's no anointing, no matter how you lay hands on someone and all the hair here, remove, and it, <laughs> the person becomes bad, you lay it, lay it, lay it, lay it. Nothing will happen to his spirit. He will not be blessed. Even if he's very open, if his faith is like, you know, like giants, no matter what, and he's trying to resist, say, please, give it to me, man of God. Give, come on, go ahead. If you are not anointed, nothing will happen. You can't fake it. But when he's present, he's present. And he's real. So there is the anointing that causes healing. It effects a cure in your body. And that anointing is called the healing anointing. That anointing can be received into your body three ways. Number one, by being under the ministration of the anointed vessel. Anointed vessel. God doesn't put the anointing anywhere. He doesn't put it in the air like this and say anointing, travel. No, he doesn't do it. He chooses vessels and then he puts the anointing in those vessels. There are vessels that he has chosen and he has put the anointing into. And so, that vessel can bless others. So, that's why when you are under the ministration of an anointed vessel, if, if it doesn't come, it doesn't have to come to you. It doesn't have to touch you. Where you are, all you have to do is raise your face and say, I'm going to receive. Let me give you an example. Let's look in the world. If you turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2. Reading from verse 1. He says, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached unto them. He did what? He preached unto them. Alright. Did you see he preached first? That's what I'm doing. And they come unto him. Bringing one seek of the parsi, which was born of four. Four people carried this one. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the seek of parsi lay. Can you imagine? No, excuse me. What's this? This is demonstration of faith. Jesus was in this room. And the Bible showed that it was his house. And there he was. He was there. People were gathered. And he was preaching. And then there were those. Also at about the door, there was a press there. In other words, there were a crowd there. So these people came with this sick guy. And they were trying to get him. But no no way. Because this was just his room. So they tried every, every way. They said, how do we get it? Oh, please, can you just help us a little bit? Can't you see there is no way? There's nowhere to go to. They tried and tried. They couldn't. But we have to reach Jesus. The guy is anointed. He's anointed. You must come into his atmosphere. 
all that is needed is for you to get in his atmosphere. And so they tried hard to get him into Jesus' atmosphere. In other words, under his ministration. And they thought of somebody thought, thought about it and said, Hey, hey, we can stand like this. Let's get to him somehow. Can we, can we get him down through the roof? And they went up, and you can imagine Jesus was teaching. And they were hearing, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> And the teaching was going on. And before they knew it, boom. They can see the whole sky. And someone is coming down. They are trying to let someone down. Only God knew how they did it. Maybe by rope or something. That guy was on his bed. And they let the guy down. And everybody had to shift his head. Don't put him on my head. <laughs> and then they let him down. Right in the presence of Jesus. He landed. What if he didn't work? What do you think? What if that guy didn't get healed? With all these efforts that they made. What if he didn't get healed? What if it didn't work? They didn't think that it would not work. You see, when you come, they say, you are invited for a healing meeting. And you're going there. And you're thinking in your heart, what if it doesn't work? It may not work. It may work. You see, already, you already place the limitation on yourself. That means you already position yourself not to receive. How could you think that what if it doesn't work? Where have you ever heard it? That your receiving is dependent on the man of God. You've been deceived. Your receiving is never dependent on the man of God. And it's never dependent on God. The Bible shows us it's dependent on you. You can either make up your mind to receive or not. If that man of God is anointed this little, that little anointing can work for you when you open your spirit. You don't have to care. And if God sees that that little anointing will not be enough to work for you, because of your faith, God, for that moment, can make more grace available to that man of God so that you can receive. That's what the Bible shows. You are never limited in any way. If you find yourself limited, you limited yourself. See that? So, people blame the man of God. I didn't minister very well. I beg that's the reason. I didn't receive. I did like this. I did like this. He laid down there. He laid down there. He didn't work. He, he didn't minister very well. No, he's not so anointed. But in the same meeting, someone else is getting healed. But why are you not healed? The problem is you. So look at it. Let's read on. Oh, verse 5. Verse 5. When they could not come nigh unto him, for the press, verse 4, now I'm reading verse 4. They, co- they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their face, can you see any faith? No, faith cannot be seen physically, but your acts, your works can be seen. Your works of faith, that's how we see your faith. And he's just saw their faith. He said, When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. We will talk about that shortly. But there were certain of scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man all speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? <laughs> they didn't know he was God himself. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? But that he may know 
that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Hello? Are you following this up? I say unto thee, what? Everybody read it. And what? And what? Did you read that Jesus laid hands on the man? He didn't. What did he say? He spoke. Arise. He said, stand up. So there are times that in the healing meeting, we don't have to. Wherever you are, we just declare words. And say, be healed where you are. Somebody say, nah, no, it's not my time yet. Until we come forward. And he will lay hands. So be healed. He loses it. He just loses that one. He says, it's not, I know. Be healed. Amen. He think it's general prayer. Go prayer. Amen. Oh. So after they've done everything, he says, now, man of God, call for us to come. So you can lay that your anointed hands on us. If you couldn't receive where you are, even if they lay anointed hands, you will still doubt. Because as the man lays, he said, this hand is cold. Ah, this one is not anointed. <laughs> the devil will give you reasons why you shouldn't receive why you're here. If you can't receive why you're there. He spoke to the man. He said, stand up. Arise. Go. Take up your bed and, and, and read. What was the next thing? And immediately, he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all. In so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Now, brothers and sisters, if when he told the man, arise, take up your bed and go home, if the man had said, hmm, Jesus, I can't see. You, you saw that I've been lying on this bed since. I can't stand up. <laughs> so lay your hands and we arise and pull me up. You know, there are times that Jesus ministered like that. Maybe touch somebody, you know, that's kind of... So, maybe the man was expecting that. But now he just spoke and said, arise. Ah, is it that easy to arise? If, if, that's how, if it's that easy, I would have stood up from here since. You see? But when Jesus said it, he responded in faith. So he tried to, and he must have gotten up, trying to. You see that? When God says, go ahead, or the man of God proclaims it, What happens? You respond in faith. Glory to God. Alright. So, did you catch that one? Go to chapter 3. The same book. Where we are. We were. Chapter 3. And I want to rush this one. And he entered again into the synagogue. Verse 1. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him. Whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day. That they might accuse him. And he said unto the man, which had the withered hand, Jesus talking, says, stand forth. And he said unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill it? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, Jesus was angry. Can you imagine? Being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out. And his hands, watch this, and he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. The man responded and something happened. You remember in Acts chapter number 3. When Peter and John saw that man who was impotent, couldn't work. Said to that man, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Okay, he said that. But he said that. And the man didn't say, his money I'm expecting. Because the man was actually begging for money. 
The man tried. The Bible says he leaping up stood. He responded. This one responded. He stretched forth his hand. As he stretched it out, the Bible says it was restored. Like we say now, check your body. You have been healed. Somebody say, I know I have not been healed. Why? I'm still feeling the burning. The burning on my chest. I'm feeling it inside my, I'm feeling it now. So I know I'm, check your body. You're supposed to respond and start in the, check yourself. That response of faith will move the power of God on your behalf. Some people don't know how to receive. That's the problem. It's not that God is not giving. God is giving, but people don't know how to receive. Three ways to receive the healing anointing to your body. That's one. Number two, by tapping into that anointing. By tapping into that anointing. What do you mean by tapping into that anointing? This time around, when I say tapping into that anointing, means materials. Materials. For instance, in the book of Acts chapter number 19, the Bible says that you can read that for yourself. Acts chapter number 19, reading from verse 11 to 12. That God wrought special miracles in the hearts of Paul, in the hands of Paul. Through the hands of Paul. That aprons or handkerchiefs were taken from him and laid on the sick and they got well. You see, people brought handkerchiefs or aprons, clothes to Paul and say, let you just just lay your hands. Because his hand is part of his body. Uh So he said, just lay your hands. So he laid his hands and said, that's what we need. They tapped from that anointing and they took that thing. They went to lay it on the sick folks. Why? That's faith. Think about it. People always receive that those who demonstrated simple faith. This sounded stupid. You say because the man is anointed so? Ah, where are you going? I'm taking the cloth to him. Why? Uh, just for him to touch it. You must be stupid. It, it, it doesn't sound right. But they acted in faith. When the man laid hand, they didn't see anything moving in. Because you don't see the anointing. They didn't see anything moving in. They didn't see it. But they believe that you've touched it. It's anointed. So they took it. And the Bible says when they laid it on the sick folks, they got well. They sprang out. Not only that, the devils went out of them. It's called tapping. Tapping into the anointing. You see, you, you walk with someone who is anointed. You've never learned to tap. Ayah. He says, it's my older brother. You even hug him, shake him sometimes. You hit him. My brother, he's my brother. That fellow is anointed. The same thing. They took Jesus. They bound him. This anointed man. They bound him. They couldn't tap from it to make their lives better. You see, they were dumb. They were ignorant. They didn't believe in it. And because they didn't believe in it, it didn't work for them. Did you remember? That woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. Let's go there. Mark chapter number 5. I think the book of Mark is winning tonight. I'll begin reading from verse 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Say 12 years. Ah, that's a long time. Ah, 12 years. Ah, 
and had suffered many things of many physicians. In other words, she has been to different doctors and suffered many things. Either native doctors, white doctors, black doctors. Some of them will say, you want to be well early in the morning after you finish pooping. Take the poopoo, mix it with something. And it, you know, the Bible says suffered many things. Many things. <laughs> so you can imagine. Alright. And I've suffered many things of many physicians. And I've spent all. Say all. I want you to mark that. All that she had. I was nothing bettered. She has spent everything. But rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus. Came in the press behind. And touched his garments. Mm. But she said. If I may touch but is close, I shall be whole. If only I can touch, I'll be okay. I just want to touch his close. Now listen. Listen, this takes faith. Oh. Alright, let me read on. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. She felt in her body that she was what? Now, something interesting is here. The woman said, if I can touch, I will be whole. Now, the Greek word for whole there is sozo. There's a reason I'm mentioning it, so listen carefully. Sozo is the verb for salvation. Salvation is soteria, that's the noun. I taught you about soteria a few weeks ago. We talked about soteria. But then... The verb is sozo. Sozo is more than healing. Sozo means safety, prosperity, restoration, well-being, health. So the woman said, if I can touch, I will be restored. Including all that she has spent. All the money she has spent. He said, if I will touch, everything will come back. I will be healed, and yet, I will be in health, and yet, I will have peace, and yet, I will prosper. And everything will be restored. That's what she was asking for. But the Bible says, when she touched, she was healed. The Greek word used for healed there, when you study it, you notice it talks only about heal. Cure. So after she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was cured. But not Suzu. She was not restored because... You are healed now. What about the money you have lost? What about all the things I've suffered emotionally and all? What about all those? Probably I sold my house while I was trying to get healing from my body. What about all those? They are not going to come. But the woman got healing. Now let's read on. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, the word virtue there, means power. The King James actually said virtue. But the Greek word is dunamis. It means miraculous power. I don't know why King James would translate this as virtue. You get it. So Jesus knowing that power is talking about the anointing. Jesus knowing that power has gone out of him. What's power? The dynamic ability to cause changes. So that dynamic ability moved out of Jesus, which is the anointing. Causing changes in that woman's body. Healing her. Jesus knows that that has happened. Look at this. Turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? 
And his disciples said unto him, <laughs> Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and seest thou who touched me. Uh-uh. Can't you see everybody pushing you? You see, everybody was touching him, but only one touch of faith received. Oh, glory to God. The same way your brother could be anointed, your sister could be, your wife could be, your husband could be, but you don't, you're not receiving. Why? It's not a touch of faith. It's a touch of, uh, my friend. You see? It's different. When someone was touching by faith, it's a touch. This one is determined. He says, if I can only eat me, all I need is just for him to shake me. It's just a handshake. You saw, was it, how many weeks ago? Three weeks ago, there about those students that came for pursuit TME. You remember them? Before the result ever came out. Two of them. I went to them and said, congratulations. I said, congratulations. The guy didn't know whether he would get the admission or not. But I congratulated him. I said, congratulations. You have it. The second one too, the following week, I said, congratulations. You have the admission. And in fact, when the result came out, it was good. And they came back to this church. They had to come back and say, ha-ha, this is where I'm going to die. You, you, you mean? <laughs> now, the same hand that shook those ones definitely are shaking you several times. You didn't receive it. All that you just said, thank you, sir. Good afternoon, sir. <laughs> See, I'm smart. See, I'm smart. God will open your eyes. Glory to God. What were, where were we now? And verse 32. And he looked around about to see he that had done this thing. Because he knew that, uh-uh, there was a different touch about this. But the woman, hey, pay attention now. Fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. The woman came to share the testimony. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith, thy faith has made thee so whole. Are you catching it? She wanted sozo. She got healed. Healing. Ayomeya, Greek word. She got healing. But then, she was trying to sneak away. She's healed. She knew. She's okay. She didn't try to doubt it. She just knew. Because she has said, if I would touch, I'll be healed. And she touched. And it happened. How did she know? She felt in herself that she has been healed. And so, she was trying to run away so that they would say, hey, thief! Oh, so she was trying to run away. Because what got her attention was, Jesus, how did she, how did you know with all this crowd? But that man is not an ordinary man. So Jesus was going. He touched. She barely touched the hand. And after touching the hand, she was trying to get him. And that was stopped to say, hey, hold on. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. And she stopped in her tracks and turns. I will confess. So she confessed. She made, she gave the testimony. You know, some people have received from God and they've gone away. They don't share the testimony. They just go with it. They don't come back to share the testimony. 
You remember that guy? At least that was one that we knew among several others that attended supernatural exam success that I ministered to in front of everybody. And that guy, God bless. She was, it was the one that I was talking about. He took Gary a day before. You remember that? That I saw by the Spirit of God that he had no food. And after ministering to that guy, I got the testimony later on that that guy started getting money from that day. And when our pastors went there to visit, you know, the guy said, Ah, SKC, I've been looking for you guys. I've been looking for you guys. Ah, since that day that your pastor ministered to me, I've been getting money. Hey, well, one of the pastors said, Why didn't you come and share it? Ah, you know, his exams. You know, several of them, of them like that. They don't say they don't come back to share the testimony. If they had come back, they would have gotten something better. You see, the woman came back to share the testimony. She got more. Exactly what she had desired. Jesus knew it and Jesus said, that's what you have now. For saying it. Because if she hadn't said it, how could others have heard? How could someone else have been inspired? How could he have been recorded for us? In the Bible, now we are reading it, it's inspiring us. If she had just sneaked away and gone, nobody would have known. But thank God, now our story is what we preach to millions all over the world. And it's helping others to get their healing. The importance of sharing your testimonies. Somebody said, the reason why I don't like sharing my testimonies is because when you share your testimony, you seem to lose it. It's not the reason why you lose it. I'll tell you why you lose it in a short while. The reason why you lose your healing is not because you share your testimonies. The devil is only using that to deceive you. So can you imagine I came out and shared my testimony and after proclaiming and proclaiming it and then and then I lost it. So next time when they get they don't like to come and share it. They say let me just keep it to myself until it's really really perfected. So they stay with what they have. They should have gotten something better. You think it's everybody that comes to share testimony that loses it. You're joking. There are those who got you share their testimonies. They got something more. And you wonder why they keep coming out to share. Say this guy again. Are you sure this guy is not lying? No, he's not lying. There must be something you need to fix. That's why you lose it. <laughs> Say hallelujah. Okay, but by the way, the woman got something more. Alright? Because she came to share her testimony. Mark that. Alright, finally. Finally. On your own, you can go and read Matthew chapter 14, verse 36, under tapping into that anointing. Um, The Bible says that, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 36, the Bible says that uh, people sought to touch Jesus, and as many as touched him were healed of their plagues. Okay? But finally, by being ministered directly to, by an anointed verse the first one is that you are under his ministration, so probably prayed for everybody, or he, he gives word and you're healed. Wherever you are, you receive. The second one is that is that you tap by touching something that is connected, whatever, whatever. Okay? Then the third one is this. He ministers to you face to face. Directly. You're in front of him, he's in front of you now. Is ministering to you. That's the third way you can receive your healing. The healing anointing into your body. To cause healing. And Jesus did that also. Matthew chapter number 8 verse 1 into 3. The Bible says that Jesus... Okay, let's rush there. 
Matthew chapter 8. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hands and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus put forth his hand. So this was touching. Jesus touched. He stretched forth his hand and touched. Alright? So that is direct ministry. Now, it may not be touching. Sometimes we, we may not touch you. But you are in front of me. You may just stand in front of me. I may look you to minister to you. I may blow on you. If that's what I'm led to do. But by the way, one-on-one ministration. The most important thing is that you believe. That's the most important thing. You must believe. Okay? Glory to God. In Luke chapter 4 verse 38 also, into 40, maybe we should read that one. Luke chapter 4 verse 38. He says, And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, and Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. What do you mean she ministered unto them? She served them. She gave them food, okay? In James said minister, alright? Means give them food. Immediately. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases, brought them unto him. And he laid his hand on every one of them and healed them. He laid his hand. So you, you heal people by laying your hands. He laid his hands and healed them. When you lay your hand, you transfer the healing anointing, which will effect a cure. Brothers and sisters, somebody can, you can minister to someone with the healing anointing and the person falls under the power. He may even fall because that anointing is overwhelming. And after falling, he doesn't still receive. Because all the time he's falling, he's just thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Leave me alone. Leave me. <laughs> and then he falls. So, ah, finally, I landed on the floor. This man must really be powerful. Uh, he's not receiving. He doesn't exist. Must I fall before I receive? He's here all the time. He said, come out. If you need healing, he's coming to try. Let's go and try again. I'll try several ones. So let's go again. You see? And that's what you get. A trier. You came to try. So you try. So after trying, he's not going to work because you don't try God. No. You don't try him. In, you, in fact, he said where you can empty. You may even leave emptier. That's an insult on him. It's an insult. Glory to God. But by the way, like what I was saying, why then do people lose their healing? There are people who get healed, truly. A man of God talked about a woman who had arthritis. The arthritis was so bad that she couldn't, she couldn't fold her fingers. She couldn't bend them. She was so stiff, like a two by four. Like a plank. And that woman was continually in that state. Lying down straight like that. Continually. And then, a man of God, a great evangelist, he's in America, a great evangelist came to town and said, hey, there's a man of God in town, a healing evangelist. 
So the family members took this woman. Over there. They are taking her there. Alright. So the first day of the meeting. You know it's only meeting. So several days. So the first day of the meeting. He laid hands on her. And all her body became soft. I mean limber. And uh, she was. She could move them. So she stood up. She sprang up. She was healed. Ran everywhere. Everybody was happy. Hey, 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 hey. What a miracle. There were some of the journalists there. They came quickly. Snapped her. You know, pulled her on the front page of the newspaper. You know what happened? Great advertisement for that meeting. People started coming from everywhere. They heard about it. Hey, what a miracle. Ho, ho. And so people trooped in from everywhere. They came for this meeting. The meeting lasted weeks. In that area. Oh, and that woman was enjoying herself, you know, who and then telling the testimonies and telling people about it. I said, What God has done. If God can do this for me, he can do it for you. <laughs> and so on and so and so on and so forth. And she continued that way until about four weeks after he had finished that meeting. He wanted to spend only two weeks, but it's extended because of this miracle. There are many more miracles. And after four weeks. He finished the meeting and the evangelist went back to wherever he came from. And the woman started becoming Steve again. Ah, what happened? And before you knew it, she was back to that very stage. And they called for her pastor because she was a member of a church. And the pastor went there. And the pastor told this man of God I sharing this testimony. The pastor told the man of God and said, when I got there, I didn't know what to say. I was stuck. Because we all rejoiced about the healing. Now she's back. I didn't know what to tell her. Because the woman was asking, what's happened? Why am I back like this? The pastor didn't know what to say. What do you think of that pastor? He ought to go and be a carpenter or a tailor. What a shame. He didn't know what to tell her. Because he too did not understand healing. Because there are questions on people's heart. Why would somebody receive it and lose it? What are you talking about? Listen. When I give you something. As a gift. Healing is a gift. When I give you something as a gift. Am I responsible for keeping it for you? You must be kidding. After giving you, you mean I will be keeping, I will be following you everywhere and say, keep that phone very well. He said, ah, don't let it fall. Keep it very well. I will follow you around to keep it for you. Oh no, you must be joking. When I give it to you, it becomes yours. So what do you do with it? You keep it. You're not going to let it go. Except if you want, you let it go. So you see, when God Revelation chapter number 2 Let me show you what I just said nice day Revelation chapter number 2 I want you to hear Jesus Verse 25 Revelation chapter 2 verse 25 Everybody read it Mm-mm, you didn't read it right. Read it, everybody. 
Uh, it says, but that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. Chapter 3, same book. Read verse 11. Everybody wants to go. Did you see that? Jesus gave them something. Jesus said they have something. He is now telling them to hold fast. To hold it fast. He didn't say, don't worry, I'll protect it for you. He didn't say that. You see, we put all responsibilities on God. And that's why some Christians suffer. Because they are wondering, God, you are not doing something about it. And God is saying, you are not doing something about it. You have to understand that God has his part. You have your part. He has his role. You have your role. Now God has given you this healing. You are supposed to keep it. You don't let it go. Why? Because you have an adversary out there that will ensure that you lose the healing. And you know what? The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. In other words, God doesn't collect them back. When he gave you that healing, when he healed you, he actually did. He didn't come back to take it. When you don't have it again, that means you lost it. But you know what? In reality, you didn't lose it. The devil came to deceive you. The devil will always come to deceive you like you lost it. He will come with the old symptoms. The old ones, the one you are very familiar with. He will come back with them. The moment you accept them, then that's when you lose it. Because he came to fight you. To fight this healing. The reason is he wants you to lose it. He can't by himself take it from you. He can't. The only one that can throw it or lose it is you. So he will come with strategies to ensure that you lose it. So the first problem people have is unbelief. Unbelief. If you study First Timothy, you read First Timothy chapter number 6 verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. God has given you this healing. Then you let it go. Let me tell you. Let, let's give ahead of a woman. Okay, let's just give an instance. If you were healed, for instance, you came to a meeting and you were healed of malaria, for instance, and then you're, you're okay. Wow. You're okay. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've ministered to people, a lot of people, and I've seen those who, they didn't even do any, they didn't bother themselves at all, but they, and they didn't lose that healing. The healing remained with them. They didn't bother. They didn't try to use faith to keep it. They just received the healing and they were telling everybody. And they didn't lose the healing. But there are some others. The moment they received the healing, they shared the testimonies and they started losing the healing. I'm trying to let you know that the devil doesn't fight everybody the same way. That's what I'm trying to let you know. Especially if you are a Christian, you are strong in faith. The devil will come after you. If you are beginning to beat, if you are a Christian, you are serious with God, he will come after you. You wonder that those ones that are unbelievers, they don't usually lose their healing. The devil doesn't really have much problem with them. But you, ah, he will want to make you doubt. So you have this malaria, you came in, and you got well, and you say, ah, eh, it's gone, oh, ah, 
Hey, hey, do all the exercise. Gymnastics. Ah, then you come on. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. I am actually healed of malaria. They say, dance. You say, hey. <laughs> what I couldn't do before, I can't do now. So I push on the floor. Press up. If push, if push, if push, if push up. <laughs> And then everybody says, he's really healed. I mean, this guy sat beside me. I saw him shaking like a leaf. I saw he was cold. And look at him now, he's okay. He's really healed. Oh, God is wonderful. God is wonderful. So they rejoice with you. Then they not tell you. You're back under that blanket. I thought I was healed. <laughs> so a lot of thoughts now start flying. He said that that man of God is fake. If he's not fake, God just likes to deceive people with healing. So, every time and any time you hear that somebody says he's healed, you hear that testimony say you will soon lose it. You say, yes, because that's your experience. You don't judge with your experience. Glory to God. Even those of us that they don't lay hands on for healing, after we are, we use our faith, we put that thing to flight. The devil still comes back. What do we do? We stand our ground. That's why it says fight the good fight of faith. You say devil, this time around you're going to flee and you're going to flee for good. You need to read it. Jesus was tempted of the devil. The Bible says the devil, after Jesus said, it is said, and the devil fled. The Bible says the devil left him for a season. Not forever. Go and saw the book of Luke. He left him for a season. He came back again. He spoke through Peter again. He said, you're not going to die. That's the devil. Through Peter, Pope. He spoke through his flesh. That's the devil. He doesn't give up. But you know what? All you need is a simple faith to put him where he belongs. <laughs> Say hallelujah. The second reason why people lose their healing is sin. Is sin. Now listen, don't let that one trouble you. Jesus dealt with it. That's the second reason. The reason is because I want you to receive your healing today. And I want you to keep it. That's why I'm opening your eyes. So that after you receive it tonight, you will keep it. You won't let the devil cheat you out of it anymore. Sin is another problem. Sin. And that was for the sinners. Brother, if you're born again, the Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Of course, I understand that there are some sickness that you get as a result of sin. Let me give you an example. For instance, somebody who got HIV. Maybe from sexual intercourse. Fornication. He got HIV. After that one is healed, he's supposed to have enough sense to know that he doesn't go back there. That's what the Bible says. After Jesus healed that man in John chapter number 5, Jesus said, hey, look at you. You're well. Um, go and sin no more. Let a worse thing come. So if you sin, that is your problem. After you are healed, go and sin no more so that you won't have a, a worse thing coming. That's what the Bible shows. When the devil is cast out, he goes and comes back. This time around, when he returns, he's going to come with seven others. So, if it's sin, repent from it after you're healed. The final one is this, your mindset. Unwillingness to let go. Unwillingness to let go. I had the story of a woman who was on the wheelchair. And the man of God, he's a member of the church, he's a member of his church. And the man of God was concerned about this woman. For years, she has been on this wheelchair, I think about 20 years thereabouts. 
on this wheelchair. She's a good Christian. She's a nice Christian. I mean, she's one of our strong sisters in church. But why is she on there? So the man of God got concerned. And approached her one day and said, Sister, do you want to get well? He said, of course I sure want to get well. I sure want to get well. All right. So what we'll do is I'll get some of our sisters that can pray. We'll come to your house and we'll come and pray. You have to come out of this wheelchair. She said, that's okay. But then they got to, his, to her house. After praying, the power was available. And they said, woman, the Lord has touched you. Send up. She stood up. They rejoiced. But then she looked at that wheelchair. She didn't want it to go. Yes. There are people like that. They are comfortable with their situation. They are not used to it anymore. We now... She was used to people doing things for her. So she couldn't, she couldn't imagine it that she would, you mean, I will, this is a new state. She, she can't, the wheelchair will go. That means I will now start. Because now she didn't work. They worked. They brought money. Everything was, so she held onto the wheelchair. You know what? She returns. And the pastor couldn't do anything. That's why some people do, I'm telling you, that's why some people lose healing. There are those who have hearing aids. Hearing it. And after they, yeah, he, they removed that thing. Say, so you can hear, you can hear, very well. They kept that thing in their pocket. I tell you, you know why they're keeping it? In case. <laughs> and in case we happen, because God works according to your faith. He says, in case. Ah, who knows what happened next week? Ah. And then every time he's going out. He ensures that thing is in his in his purse or wallet or his bag or his pockets. So he says, I can hear perfectly, I know. But what if it's on the road that the thing decides to the ear? How to go everywhere with it though? You see, and because it goes everywhere with it, that attachment reproduces it. It's coming back to the same state again. Because that's doubt. That means he's saying that God was not capable of healing him completely. Some people don't let, they don't want to let go that old situation. Oh, they are so used to it. You mean somebody is wearing uh, this kind of shoes uh, because of one leg is shorter than the other. And so every time there's the way this shoe makes the leg designers. So, but they don't know that this one is built because this one is shorter. This leg is shorter. So as she goes out, you know, now she's now huge. All those kind of, she can't do that again. So now, ah, she's wondering, for real? You mean I'll leave these shoes? He says she's considering <laughs> in the man of God's healing meeting. After the woman was healed, came out of the wheelchair, ran. Hey! So they said, "Oh, she's been healed." Everybody rejoiced with her. And then uh, they wanted to take the wheelchair again. She said, "Wait." Ah, they said, "When they are healed, yeah, we move the wheelchair." Said, "You know how much I bought that?" He said, "Don't worry, I'll keep it in my house. I'll keep it in my house." In few weeks, she returned to it. Because in that ministry, after you were healed like that, they took the wheelchairs, they sell it, and they use the money for the poor. But she was not willing to let go. You know how much I bought that? Ah, he said, sorry. And they tried to talk. The husband too stepped in and said, ah, the wheelchair is actually expensive. You'll be amazed how people think. Odd situation, they won't let it go. Say, I'll never be foolish. Say, I refuse to be foolish. Maybe you're there right now. And then you're on drugs. 
and you get healed tonight, after getting healed, you still go back and say, um, I, I, I used to take it eight, eight hours. Um, but I don't feel like taking it because I'm okay. But at least I'm going to class. I will spend a longer... Let me not. Let me still carry it. I know God has healed me, but let me still carry it in my bag. So as you're going to class, you carry it, and you're dancing around. That drug is calling you. You are going to return to it. Say I reject it. Say I reject it. Listen, magic don't happen. It must be your face. Today you can receive for yourself. Your limitation will be you. You make up your mind. Say, God, I refuse to be limited. I refuse to be limited. In the name of Jesus. This sickness is limiting me. This thing is limiting me. In the name of Jesus. Some of them came to kill. Those sickness, they didn't come to, they came to kill. Hallelujah. It's time for you to receive. I'm telling you. Ready to open your mouth now and say, Lord, it's my turn. It's my time to receive. I'm open to be healed of you. Come on. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806-0876-143 or 0816-0114-389. Thank you and God bless you.